Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey there, welcome back to the Intolerable Bosses Show, the show that's meant to contrast with our regular show, Inspiring Leaders, and the show that we air at the beginning of each month. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if this is your first episode that you're hearing, welcome aboard. It's great to have you, and we hope that we can earn your subscription. On this month's episode of Intolerable Bosses, we're exposing the moody boss and exploring what you can do to survive. Before we jump into today's show, I want to take just a moment to thank our longtime show sponsor, The Otis Group. Our regular listeners will recognize the Otis Group as the go-to team for financial management consulting, risk management consulting, and business planning services. I've had the pleasure of working side-by-side with this talented team over the last few years, and I can tell you that they are not only a highly experienced and talented group at financial and risk management consulting, but they also happen to be really great people the kind of professionals that you can confidently place your trust in. I sat down for lunch recently with Francis Liska, the CEO of the Otis Group, and he was showing me the heat maps that they create for clients that may not have ever analyzed the risks that their organizations could face. Well, these heat maps clearly show the potential for serious organizational harm unless they're taken very seriously and attended to. And Francis and his team are happy to work with their clients to explore and establish strategies to mitigate the risks so that their clients' organizations are healthier and more sustainable in the long run. Folks, if you are overdue for examining the financial or risk situation within your organization, by all means, head on over to otusgroup.com and reach out to Francis Liska or anyone on that amazing team. Okay, so let's get back into the muddiness of exposing another intolerable boss. And again, on this week's show, we're focused on the moody boss. Let's set the stage with a quick story. I remember one of my first jobs in corporate sales where I had to work for a moody boss. He was a nice enough guy, especially outside of work. And most people in the company liked him, including me. That is, unless they had to work for him, most people on his team, and that includes me, saw a whole different side of this nice guy that the other managers saw. To us, we saw the many faces of our boss that were less predictable than the weather. One day he was sunny, and the next day a major storm would roll in. In fact, these mood swings could often happen several times in one day. Now, obviously, this made it difficult to work with any sort of consistency or ability to predict what we were going to get from one minute to the next. Some team meetings were filled with praise and other ones were a bloodbath and blame. Many of us started to devise our own strategies to survive the unpredictable nature of our sales manager, like patiently waiting to find the best moment to meet with them for approval on proposal pricing or other things. We never noticed a pattern with his mood swings, but many of us learned to work around his moods and not to take it too personally. 
Unfortunately, not everyone was able to shrug it off. And I remember losing some great sales colleagues who got fed up with the unstable ground that they were trying to stand on. I remember one of them saying as she packed up her desk, corporate sales is tough enough. I don't want to have to fight every time I come back into the office. Well, this is why we are here today. Sweeping this kind of thing under the carpet and ignoring it and turning away isn't enough. When good people are getting hurt, it's our time to expose the moody bosses out there and figure out what's causing this disruptive behavior. So let's get our investigative microscopes out and investigate what's leading to this moody behavior in the first place. I want to start off by saying that I am one of the first people to extend some compassion towards today's middle managers. Never before have our organizational leaders been put in a tougher spot. They're really between a rock and a hard place, responsible for executing the decisions of the board or senior leadership team and for getting their team to all move in a complementary direction, even when their team is overloaded, demotivated, or indifferent. Most middle managers can identify with being put in this position, which can even be tougher when you disagree with the direction that you're getting from above. One group of middle managers that I recently worked with shared with me that they had seen too many personnel changes on their executive team. And with each change in executives came a new mandate for them to implement, some of which they just intuitively knew were flawed strategies that they were going to get pushback from when they introduced these marching orders to their frontline employees. It's no wonder that many of today's people leaders have mood swings. From the thrill of winning a major new account to the frustration of trying to convince the team that the about-face mandate that just came down from a new CEO is in everybody's best interest. Well, we all need to get good at riding this roller coaster of ups and downs. This is par for the leadership course. So if we can all expect some emotional pressure in our careers, when does being a moody boss become intolerable? The answer to that question is when a boss is unaware of their moody behavior and therefore it doesn't get managed. In other words, when your boss has low emotional intelligence. Now, we've talked about emotional intelligence previously on this show. But briefly, emotional intelligence, or EQ, refers to a person's emotional self-awareness and self-regulation, as well as their ability to read others and manage relationships with others. So this is really your personal competence and your social competence as well. It's a concept that Daniel Goleman brought to us in his national best-selling book, Emotional Intelligence. The Harvard School of Business researchers tell us that when driving performance, EQ is twice as important as intelligence and technical ability combined. And at the most senior levels of leaders, emotional intelligence accounts for a whopping 90% of the difference between the best and the rest. Understanding and appreciating the importance of EQ has fundamentally changed the way many top organizations promote, recruit, and hire their top leaders. So in this context, moody bosses are low on this fantastically important quality that we call emotional intelligence. Their lack of personal awareness leaves them vulnerable to mood swings that others see, but they don't. 
When they have a disagreement with a colleague, they unknowingly become stressed. And usually, the people that they interact with the most, which typically is their team, well, they end up suffering the most. And here's the kicker. They have no idea that the direct reports are suffering because they are also low on social competence. They can't see the stress that they're inflicting on others and the demoralization that the entire team may be dealing with over the long term. Now, as an executive coach, I can tell you that it's very challenging to work with anybody who's low on EQ. Often, the results of a 360 assessment get just simply dismissed by this kind of boss as underappreciation for all their efforts and stress that they're going through. They tend to blame and deflect to other people or situations in an attempt to justify their behavior and their moods, and they're blind to the effect that they're having on others. Effectively, they can't see their own reflection even when they're standing in front of the metaphorical mirror or a 360 assessment. But a good coach will use a 360 assessment to their advantage, eventually helping this kind of boss to acknowledge the subtle physical changes that correlate with different moods and eventually increasing their own emotional awareness and regulation. So the big question becomes if you are unfortunate enough to work for a moody, low EQ boss, what options do you have? Well, today, my friends, I'm going to share with you 10 suggestions and strategies that you can use to survive a moody boss. Number one, if you work for a moody boss, the first thing I want to suggest is that you do not try to change your boss. As we've already highlighted, intolerable moody bosses lack emotional intelligence. They don't realize that they're the problem. In fact, due to a basic human tendency for self-preservation, they'll actively blame, make excuses, and deny the problems lie with them. If you try to change your boss, it's going to backfire, and it's going to backfire big, and you're very likely going to find yourself in a world of hurt. If you work for a moody boss, I'm sorry to tell you, but I feel for you. This is a complex situation that requires specialized expertise from someone who's slightly removed from the situation, someone like an executive coach. Don't take that suggestion lightly either. My second recommendation to you is to survive a moody boss, you need to be aware. This means that you should acknowledge that your boss's mood swings will likely affect your mood and your work. This is a fact that emotions are contagious. If you've ever watched a YouTube video of a laughing baby or a sappy movie where the actor cries, then you know what I'm talking about. If your boss is grumpy, watch out for the contagious effect that might happen on your mood. It's also important to be aware that negative emotions tend to have a negative impact on creativity and openness with employees. So pay attention to that quality of your work as well. The third suggestion that we have for you today is to watch for patterns in your boss's moods. Are there triggers or times of the day that they typically swing from one extreme to another? How do you act after that weekly meeting with your boss? How do they act with their weekly meetings with their boss? Getting caught by a harsh surprise is always stressful. 
But if you can predict with a little bit higher probability when your boss may become more volatile, then you're already well ahead of the game. Well, this leads to our next recommendation. If you can predict your boss's volatile moods, try to limit your interactions with them in the hopes that this is just a short-term issue that'll blow over soon enough. But what can you do if you can't avoid your moody boss? What if you have a meeting scheduled with them while they're acting out? If this is the case, try as best as you can to keep cool and carry on. Be a sea of calm. Remind yourself that this isn't personal and that your boss will come back to center eventually. Breathe deeply, get lots of oxygen inside of you, and keep the word confident in mind as a guide to your own behavior. Well, the sixth suggestion that I'm going to offer you today is we want to mention to make sure that you are not simply assuming that they are to blame. Pause before you approach your boss to reflect on your own behavior and your own results. Have things been going smoothly from your side? Have you run across any speed bumps lately? If you've not been meeting any expectations, be the first to acknowledge it and take full responsibility. Don't wait. Timing is important. The seventh tactic we're going to offer you today is to document the behavior that you're seeing, including the circumstances, people involved, times, and dates. I call these your CYA files or your cover your arse files. <laughs> if you ever need to rely on these files down the road, you're going to be glad that you took the time to record these and that you kept them private. Our eighth suggestion is to make sure that you are not triggering your boss. Once you've figured out your boss's higher probability triggers, don't become one of them. If surprise bad news or short deadlines or triggers for your boss, try to give them lots of lead time and keep them in the loop. Be patient with them and be more strategic. Our ninth idea to share is to pick your moments, particularly with meeting times. Figure out the best times to talk with or meet with your boss based on any patterns that you may have noticed. If they're generally more open early in the day, then schedule your meetings with them earlier in the day. Should you avoid meetings at the end of the sales quarter? Take a look, figure out what's going to work best, and plan accordingly. Lastly, don't criticize, condemn, or complain about your boss, particularly to your colleagues. Instead, start with your boss. Find a good moment, one where they're relatively open-minded, and approach them in a non-confrontational manner. Ask how they're doing. And be prepared to mention some specific examples that you've noticed to back up your concern. Offer to help and share your intentions to be part of the solution. If this doesn't work, you might have to escalate to their boss and or human resources. And if all else fails, I know we've mentioned it many other times on this show, but if you find yourself surfing in an intolerable situation, then explore changing departments or even employers. We've said it before and I'll repeat it here. There is no intolerable boss that's worth sacrificing your mental health for. If the situation's getting toxic, you've got to take care of yourself and get out. Well, there we have it. Ten suggestions to help you survive a moody boss. Another intolerable boss's show is in the can. 
and we hope that you found some value here today. We want to thank our show sponsor again, the great folks over at the Otis Group, your go-to professionals for financial management consulting, risk management consulting, and business planning. Check them out at otusgroup.com and mention to them that you heard about them right here on Intolerable Bosses. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Subscribe now so you don't miss our upcoming shows like the one next week when the Inspiring Leaders Show returns to highlight some brilliant leadership perspectives and best practices that'll help you become a more inspiring leader. Take care, everyone. Be well and bye for now.